0: welcome back everyone to another episode of alignment academy if you guys don't know on the spiritual journey you can just go layer by layer and go deeper and deeper and deeper and something that i've been going through in this past few months has been getting really into astrology. Never thought I would be an astrology girly, but here I am. So today I brought on an astrologer, Diana Gersey, and I'm really excited to have her on and just talk about the cosmos, talk about the stars, talk about how, you know, as above, so below, as they say, and how everything is uh, mirrored in our charts and in our lives. So without further ado, I'm going to have Diana introduce herself. Welcome Diana.
1: Hi, thank you so much
0: for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yay! Well, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background, your story? How did you get to where you are today as an astrologer? Sure. Yeah, so
1: I have been into astrology for as long as I can remember. Um, I've always been a pretty spiritual person. And astrology was just a way for me to feel connected to the universe. I really got into astrology when I suffered a really tragic loss in my family. Um, Like back to back, I suffered two losses. And it was around that time that I felt just very lost. I forgot who I was. I had no sense of self, no sense of direction or purpose. And um, I came back to astrology around that time and I just felt so seen and so validated. And I kind of it helped me come back onto the path that I was already on before and just helped me feel very comforted and supported by the universe and connecting me again with my spirituality.
0: I love that. And how old were you, if you don't mind me asking, when you had those losses? I was pretty young. I was 23 and 24 wow yeah that's a really i feel like tough age just because you're not a child anymore you're not in a like full-blown adult but you're going through a lot of transitions at that time and Mm. you know to your point i think one of the the reasons that i keep on coming back to spirituality is because when you're going through these tough periods of your life and when you're dealing with some real human shit, as i like to say spirituality and astrology can really give you those reasonings of why you know when you're sitting there and asking God in the universe like why is this happening to me and feeling like the biggest victim which is not a bad thing we need to feel like that sometimes but it can just give you a sense of like oh I see the bigger picture and I see that this is kind of was kind of in the plan right so yes
1: exactly it gives life so much meaning again mm-hmm. and it just you feel like oh I have a purpose here like I'm meant to be here my li- my life is meant to go this way and you know anytime we suffer trauma or loss or we're going through grief I feel like the biggest lessons come through our suffering yes. um, and I mean i I feel like I have just so much newfound uh, gratitude that I take with me in my everyday life because of that.
0: I love that. And so did you see the big losses that you experiences reflected in your chart, I'm guessing?
1: I unfortunately did. <laughs> yes. Um, and what's interesting is also looking at the charts of the people I lost. I lost both my brothers. Um, wow. And it's both comforting and also really sad to see it being reflected. Um, I think, too, when you look at someone's birth chart, when you understand how to interpret a birth chart, you can see a lot of struggles that that particular person has to go through, especially a lot of internal struggles that they must go through. Um, And... To that, to then see that also be reflected in my chart through transits, Um, it was comforting, but also just, it it was hard to see
0: at the same time. Hard to accept that that was the reality of what was going on. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so with astrology, you know, basically, okay, let's actually take a step back. For anyone who is not very well versed in astrology, can you explain what astrology is and explain what a birth chart is?
1: Absolutely. So, astrology is basically the math and symbolic language of interpreting the celestial bodies in the sky, the heavens, and how they affect our lives here on earth by looking at the correlations between. Um, the cyclic nature of these celestial bodies of these planets um, and how it affects the seasons here on earth and just our everyday lives as well. Mm -hmm. and a birth chart is basically a snapshot of the sky I like to think of it as more of a map of the sky at the exact moment that you took your first breath here on earth so it was where all the planets and the stars were aligned when you were born
0: and so does a birth chart essentially hold all the codes and the story of what's going to happen in your life or tell us a little bit more about that
1: yeah, um, our birth chart has endless possibilities. So basically, it can show us our characteristics, behaviors that we're predispositioned to, it shows us uh, traits that we've inherited. So a lot of generational things mm. are shown up in the birth chart. Um, but it also shows us kind of the direction, our life trajectory that we're going to take in this lifetime. So for a lot of people, they come to astrology because they lack a sense of direction. They don't know what the right path is. And your birth chart can just really help you along the way, help you um, first accept who you are as a person and really validate and confirm the experiences that you've had in your life and help you kind of turn your life into something that feels authentic to you, something that doesn't feel forced, which I feel like so many people go through the world forcing themselves to conform to what they think is what they should do or what their parents tell them to do. And when you look at your birth chart, You're like, oh, that's why I am this way. That's why I feel so uncomfortable doing this. Mm -hmm. And it just helped make your life a whole lot easier. (laughs) So you can also see traits in it? Yes. A big part of natal astrology
0: is looking at personality traits and behaviors. Mm. So is that what you would call like the sun sign, the moon sign, the rising sign? Exactly. Yeah. So we have the big three, which is the
1: sun, moon and rising. And then we have what's called personal planets. And these are the planets that are the closest to us. So they have more effect on us personally. And that's Mercury, Venus and Mars. We then have what's called the social planets, that's Jupiter and Saturn, which we'll talk about. And then we have the outer planets, which are more generational planets. So that's Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. And they're generational because they stay in the same sign for a long time. So for Pluto, for example, Pluto can stay in the same sign for about 15 to 20 years. So it rules over generations, like the millennial generation has Pluto and Scorpio. Scorpio, Gen Z has Pluto and Sagittarius and so forth and so forth.
0: So cool. And so, going back to the sun, moon, and rising, I feel like this is a really great place for people to start to understand themselves because, you know, most people that have a baseline knowledge or maybe not even a baseline knowledge of astrology, they just know what astrology is. They only identify with their sun sign, which is, you know, Like what they're, yeah, where they're born, you know, for me, it's an Aries. Um, but when I started to learn about my moon and my rising, I was like, okay, so everything is starting to make sense of why I am the way I am. Um, and I'm a Virgo moon and I'm a Aquarius rising. That's right, right. I have for you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. I'm like, how embarrassing would it be to be like, tell her I'm this stu- and it's it's not that. Um. But yeah, let's talk a little bit about, let's like educate. But I, before we do, I also want to know what are your big three?
1: So I am triple earth. I am a Taurus sun, Virgo moon, and Capricorn rising. Ooh. And
0: do you feel like that is very accurate for your personality?
1: 100% yes.
0: You know, even when we hopped on the call, I was like, ooh, she is very earthy. So that actually makes perfect sense. I feel like you're like a little earth fairy.
1: Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. Yeah, when I first saw my big three for the first time, I was like, oh my God, that makes so much sense.
0: Do you feel connected to the earth?
1: (laughs) You know, I do. Like I love, I love being out in nature. I don't do it enough often enough, I need to go out more because I'm such an introvert and I'm very much a homebody, but like, I love being outside. I love taking care of plants. Um, Yeah. I mean, I just, I love feeling connected to the earth. I mean, we are a part of nature. And so the closer we become to it, the more connected to everything we are.
0: I love that so much. Okay. So let's talk about moon, sun and rising. Sure. Tell us what they are. Yes.
1: So as you said, most people know about their sun sign and that's because knowing your sun sign is way easier um, because you don't need a birth time to know your sun sign. You just need your birth date. Um, your sun sign, your sun is your core sense of self. So the sun is the ego. It's our consciousness, our conscious mind. And Our sun is kind of how we shine, quite literally. It's how we take up space, but it's also our our purpose. We want to kind of over time embody our sun sign more and more so to feel more like whole and connected to who we are as a person. So it is a very important um, celestial body in our birth charts. Then there's the moon. Where the sun is a little more of like the extroverted side of ourselves, the moon is our internal selves. It's our feelings. It's our emotions. It's how we express our feelings. And it's also the connection that we have to our mother or mother figure. So our moon sign can tell us a lot about what our mother was like. Really? (laughs) To our mother. Yeah. (laughs) Which is super interesting. Yeah. And then our rising is the most personal point in the chart. The rising sign is why we need a birth time because the rising sign changes about every two and a half hours. So it moves fairly quickly. And the rising sign sets up the entirety of the rest of your birth chart. So if you ever looked at your birth chart, you'll see it's a 360 degree wheel and it has these sections in it, which are the houses that are divided up into 12 different houses. So whatever sign our rising sign is determines the layout for the rest of our chart, which is why that time is super important. And our rising sign is basically our outlook on life. I like to think of it as our literal eyeballs. Um, It's just how we approach life, how we go after the things that we want, but it's also more so a very external part of ourselves. People upon meeting us like first impressions tend to feel our rising sign first more so than our sun sign, unless they're the same in your chart. Um, But yes, our rising sign is a very personal and very important part of the chart.
0: Wow, I actually had no idea. And then so like getting into a little bit more of the houses, you can have like your rising in a certain house, right? And then that affects it as well.
1: So the rising sign always will start in the first house. Oh. Yeah. So whatever your rising sign is, it will be in the first house. And then I'll go second, third, fourth, and I'll lay out the rest of the birth chart with all 12 signs in there. And how
0: about your sun and your moon? Can those be in different houses? Yes.
1: Those can be in any of the houses.
0: Mm -hmm. And do those affect what you're like? Like if I, for example, we're both Virgo moons, but if my Virgo moon is in, let's call it the 10th house and your Virgo moon is in another house, would that be expressed differently?
1: 100% yeah, it would be expressed very differently, which is also another reason why, for example, a lot of people don't, may not resonate with their sun sign. Um, so a good example is like, if you have an Aries sun, Aries are very extra. Oh, you have an Aries sun. <laughs>
0: I do. So let's talk about it.
1: <laughs> I he's an Aries. I love Aries. Um <laughs> Yeah. Aries Sun are usually very extroverted, very enthusiastic, very passionate. They just go after things without much thinking involved. I would say that maybe your Virgo moon comes into the mix there and helps ground you a little bit, but... (laughs) But if someone with an Aries sun had it in, for example, their twelfth house, their fourth house, or their eighth house, which are water houses, um, they might be very introverted and not feel very connected to that like fiery Aries energy. That. Aries' side of them may not come out until they feel super comfortable and safe with another person. So it can be hard to like, maybe for them to resonate with their Aries son, because a lot of the descriptions are out there like fiery, extroverted, super outgoing, and super enthusiastic and excitable. And that just might not be the case if you have your son in one of those houses. So where's mine? (laughs) Yeah, so I see that you have your Aries son in the third house. So that's actually a pretty outgoing house to have your son in. Would
0: you say you're a very social person? I, I definitely can be. I think that I can be. I feel like I'm you know, whatever that thing is where you're like introvert and ex, extra. You're like both totally. of those things. I think it's ambivert. Is that right? Yeah, ambivert? I don't really know what it's called, honestly. I don't even have the name or, yeah, the name <laughs> in my vocabulary, but I'm both of them. But I definitely feel like when I'm in business or when I need to be, I can be super extroverted. When I'm around the right people, I think I'm super extroverted. Totally. I can so see that.
1: I mean, you have Jupiter in the 11th house and the 11th house is all about community mm-hmm. collective. So like community gatherings, feeling connected to a group of people. Um, so that makes a lot of sense that when you're like doing your work, you feel super extroverted. With your son in the third house, the third house is the house of communication. So here we have writing. We have any form of like articulating your thoughts. Um, People with the son in the third house usually love to have stimulating conversations with other people. So having a podcast makes so much (laughs) sense. Yes. Have Mercury here in Aries in the third house, which just kind of intensifies that. The third house is also the house that is about our local environment. So our neighborhood, the city that we live in. And with your son here, this means that you really shine in your local environment. Are you a part of any like local communities or group classes that you like to take? Or do you like to be involved in your like,
0: yes city that you live in for sure i've been kind of moving around recently so i don't have like a right now i don't have a community that i'm super a part of but when i do live in certain places i'm always like like before i started this business i taught yoga and i was really involved in the yoga studio and i do like to find like my places where i feel at home and i know everyone there and i feel like i'm in a community for sure and i love group fitness even if i don't know anyone
1: Amazing. Yes, that's definitely where you're meant to like shine is in your local environment. So getting involved with your communities there is just so good and helpful for you to really tune into your own sense of self. And like for with the sun in the third house, a lot of time you form your identity through that, through connecting with people, with your neighbors or with people in your local environment, form your identity through like connecting with people in those group classes that you take, just any sort of that is super imperative to like really honing in on who you are as a person.
0: You know, this kind of crazy that you said this, I never knew this about myself. Cause like I told you before, I haven't like, I got my birth chart read probably like six years ago, but I haven't, I don't even remember what she said at this point. <laughs> but so I have actually, I haven't really dabbled, but I one time looked at my human design and i know they're kind of correlated right totally yeah i love human design i
1: do not know that much about it but Mm -hmm. i think it's really interesting
0: yeah i don't either and we're not going to talk about human design (laughs) but i have to tell you it's so weird that you said that because i am a four line in human design and four lines oh you are too that's amazing so four lines they basically get all of their like their All their things are going to come through community. They're, they're supposed to come. They're supposed to be connected to their environment. So like they're going to meet their partner through their connections. They're going to meet their friends through their connections. They're going to get opportunities through their connections. And that kind of just feels like it resonates. And even looking back at my life, you know, past partners, um, my friends that I've made, it's all through like somebody that I knew or like community.
1: Yes. Same for me. I also have a four line and that's exactly the same for me. Like our networks are everything. That's
0: how we get opportunities is through our our friends. Yeah. And even if you look at how we set up this podcast... Exactly. So crazy. So for anyone listening, my friend Julia, who was on a couple episodes ago at this point, um, we were talking about, it's the episode about breakups and plant medicine, if you want to go listen to it. But Julia was like, oh my gosh, she has a podcast too. I had this amazing astrologer on. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm getting into astrology. I'm going to reach out to her. And so like, I wanted you on the podcast as well. So it's funny how even for both of us, we ah. had this through community. <laughs>
1: Oh, that is so cool. I mean, and I also think that's like the best way to connect with others is for through sure friends of friends of friends. Like that's just the best. I and mean, that's how I live my life, honestly. Yes. Like, my partner is we met in college, but like one of my best friends became friends with my partner and then we met. And I just mm. I love that. I would so much so much rather meet someone
0: that way than like, I don't know, just a random stranger. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, if I look at every single one of my ex-partners, I don't have a partner right now, but all of my ex-partners, it's all through a friend of a friend, like every single one of them. So yeah, (laughs) checks out. So if you're a four line in human design, your network is your net worth. (laughs) It really is. Yeah. It's important to like surround yourself with good people too. I know it's so important. So, okay. Sorry for the sidetrack on human design. Let's go back to the moon sign. So we talked about the sun sign. Sun signs can be in different houses. Let's talk moon. Yes.
1: So you have your Virgo moon in the eighth house. I will preface this by saying the eighth house is a pretty difficult house, especially to have the moon in. It can make it really hard to express your feelings when you have the moon in the eighth house. The eighth house is the house of secrets it's the house of the occult as well so i would put astrology here in the eighth house but it's the house of sex and sexuality it's the house of shared resources so a lot of like marital things and commitment come into the eighth house or if you have for example uh like inheritances that's in the eighth house taxes are in the eighth house <laughs> <Gross>. um, <laughs> but with the moon in the eighth house it can be really hard to express your feelings here a lot of the times with the moon here there's a tendency to hold back and repress your emotions until they kind of come up to the surface and you can't contain them anymore and It's also the house where when your moon is here, you tend to have pretty strong, maybe not really conscious boundaries with other people, just a lot of like walls that you may put up. So you have to feel really safe with another person in order to open up to them emotionally. Do you feel like that may resonate
0: for you? So I think the first part didn't resonate. Like it was like you were basically saying how it could feel hard to express my emotions. I actually feel like I'm a really emotional person and I like to express my emotions. But yeah. then when you got into it and you were like, my friends have told me, they were like, Kristen, you you take some time, like you vet people. You make sure that they're your people before you open up to them. And I think that that might be how it manifests for me. Like there's also a part of me that like knows if I, just knows if I vibes with someone and that's actually in my human design somewhere that like it's just like I know if it's a yes or no for me and then if it's like feeling more like a no I know I will put a wall up like I will just be like we're we're not we're not like we're not like that so I'm gonna just keep my distance type thing so I think that's my how be how it manifests it's like you're either in my circle or you're not
1: yeah totally which I mean that seems like a very reasonable thing to do honestly (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, like, I mean, I'm not going to spill my, as I spill my heart on my podcast, but I'm like, I'm not going to spill my heart to you if I don't know you. But yeah, guys, I guess if you listen to my podcast, then you're in my circle.
1: <laughs> totally. But no, it's so true. With the moon in the eighth house, it's just a little bit of a guard. and. The eighth house is a water house. It's associated with the sign Scorpio. So the moon sign here is super intuitive. Just these are the people that know kind of immediately when someone has bad vibes <laughs> type of thing. Yes. When someone is not someone that you can trust. Um, and with it being in Virgo, a lot of the time that can be just a strong gut feeling because Virgo rules the digestive system. So a lot of the times with virgo moons we have stomach problems because especially if we're not emotionally if we're not processing our emotions if we're repressing them they we'll kind of
0: manifest as stomach problems <laughs> or anxiety girl i had stomach problems all growing up so that checks out <laughs> same same <laughs> We Don't have to get into the details, but your girl had stomach issues.
1: <laughs> Virgo moons always have stomach issues, but a lot of the time it's because of anxiety too. The moons are very, uh, they can overthink quite a lot because the Virgo is ruled by Mercury, which is the planet of communication in the mind. There's a lot of overthinking and there's a lot of intellectualizing our feelings, trying, yeah, girl. To out of our feelings type of thing. (laughs) I feel called out. That's all I got to say. I'm the same way. The first time my therapist was like, where do you feel your feelings in your body? I was like, what?
0: You're like (laughs) feeling in the body? Uh Uh-uh. They're in my head. (laughs) my head? What are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah, that's a Virgo moon
1: thing. Um, But Virgo moons are also just very grounded. Virgo is the sign that wants to be in service. It's a sign. uh, It's like the helper, the healer. Mm -hmm. They want to be in service to people in a very tangible and practical way, which I say that you're doing with your business, with your podcast, with your Instagram page, helping people kind of tune into a more abundant mindset is a very like practical way of helping people heal through any sort of those kinds of issues.
0: I definitely see my chart represent or my big three represented in my business. Because if you think about it, like I'm an Aquarius rising and Aquarius, actually you explain what Aquarius is. I don't know. <laughs> Did I? Oh, you want me to? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to even try when I have an astrologer on my podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so Aquarius is a super interesting sign. Aquarius is like two different planets that are very different from one another. So Aquarius is traditionally ruled by the planet Saturn and Saturn is the planet of karma, of time, of restriction, of structure. It's a very serious planet, but then Aquarius is also ruled by the planet Uranus, which is very different from Saturn. Uranus is the planet of shock and rebellion and technology and innovation. So putting these two together to create Create Aquarius, which is an air sign. I know a lot of people mistake Aquarius for being a water sign because the name is Aquarius. Aquarius is an air sign and its symbol is the water bearer. So, Aquarius is about giving water to the collective. Aquarius is very humanitarian. Is that, yeah, humanitarian. And act, like a lot of times they tend to be activists or just very involved in their communities um aquarius is kind of like the alien of the zodiac they're otherworldly they have a super future forward thinking mindset so they're always thinking ahead and a lot of times the ideas that they come up with people currently are like no we don't think that's going to be a thing and then like give it a few years and it's a thing they're the trendsetters of the zodiac. Um, And they're just the innovators. They usually do really well when they're working with technology. So I see a lot of Aquarius's on social media or working with technology in some way. Um, But also just I see a lot of Aquarius's working with the environment. Um, A lot of it just has to do with how can we um, make humanity better and how can we help make the earth a better place for us as well.
0: I love that. And so what I was going to say with that beautiful synopsis of Aquarius is like my Virgo moon I feel like is the structure in my business. It's like I teach a lot of processes and like this is the system to like heal your inner child or this is how you do it, but then what I'm actually helping them do is very like, I feel like Aquarius. It's like, we're gonna shift into your 5D timeline or we're going to, you know, really tap into your highest self. It's like these more esoteric things that we're reaching for, but it's all rooted in like very Virgo tendencies, if that makes sense. Like I got totally, you nailed it. Yes. Absolutely. I love that. Yes. Awesome. Well, what else do you think for like <laughs> basic people sorry, not basic people, people who are wanting to learn basic astrology and, you know, they're just getting into their sun, moon rising. That's a great place to start. But then, um, looking at the houses, that's a great place to start. What's like one more area that they could look at where they can learn a little bit more about themselves.
1: So I always direct beginners to one of my favorite astrologers who's Chani Nicholas. She came out with a book called, um, Oh God, what it was called. You were born this way or something like that. Um, which goes over your big three. And I believe she may go over house placements as well. Um, But that's a perfect way to start. I would go to Chani Nicholas's Instagram page. She has a ton of resources there. Um, But getting started first, learning about your big three is definitely a great place to start, as well as um, getting to know what's called your chart ruler, which is the planet that rules your rising sign. And the chart ruler is super important because it's like the main planet in our charts. It's the authoritative figure in our charts um, like for example for you since you're an Aquarius rising you are ruled by two different planets so you're first ruled by Saturn in Pisces since I'm a Capricorn rising I'm also ruled by Saturn so I feel you <laughs> but you also can look to your modern ruler which is Uranus um, which is also an Aquarius in your first house so both of those planets are really important and big for you um so that's where i would definitely start getting into the houses can be a little bit more confusing so definitely focus on planets first signs and then focus on the houses if you want to go further
0: so when you said i feel you when you talked about being ruled by saturn can you go (laughs) into that a little bit more (laughs) Of
1: course, yeah Saturn is a difficult planet to be ruled by because... Saturn- so that's what I'm ruled by? Yes, that is what <laughs> you are ruled by. I know. I feel you. Um Saturn in astrology is known as the greater malefic. And that means that Saturn is a more difficult planet. It's, it's not an easygoing, lovey-dovey planet like, say, Venus or Jupiter might be. Saturn is similar to like a strict fatherly figure. I like to call Saturn daddy because that is literally the energy that we get from Saturn. Um, Saturn is the, the, the time Lord and the Lord of karma. So when we are ruled by Saturn, we have success usually a little bit later in life. It's usually after our Saturn return that we begin to like really find ourselves and have a little have a lot more success in our lives. We're kind of like a slow burner, you know, or I like to think of Saturn ruled people as like Benjamin Button disease. Have you ever seen that movie? Yes. Where he ages backwards. That's kind of what Saturn ruled people are like, like we get younger as we grow older, we just get we get
0: way better as we grow older. <laughs> That's so funny that you say that because I always would say like literally in college, like I feel like I'm a 70 year old and now oh I feel like I'm younger. Totally. I feel the same way. When I was a teenager
1: and even college, like I always felt so disconnected from the other people my age because I always just felt so old. Same.
0: Oh my God. I'm so glad that, yeah, we like, we're going to be besties. (laughs) Exactly. I know. I saw your part and I was like, oh, we're, we're going to get along. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. Keep going.
1: (laughs) But that's like the positive part of Saturn is that we do get better as we get older. And Mm -hmm. we, like our youthfulness comes out as we get older. Um, and Saturn really loves to see sustainability and hard work. So it's always about the long-term vision. Saturn wants us to implement like practical plans that can push us towards our goals and aspirations that can sustain us for a long time. Um, and other good thing about being ruled by Saturn since Saturn rules over karma Karma tends to be on our side, so when someone does us does us dirty, a lot of times karma kind of comes and gives them what what they what they need at that time (laughs) or what at the time. But that also kind of comes back to us where we need to keep ourselves in check, um, because karma or Saturn is just a lot harder on us than it would be that someone isn't ruled by Saturn. (laughs) If that makes sense.
0: I, I feel that. I feel like the lessons that I had, I, you know, it's so funny in my business, I call this like soul curriculum. I'm like, but it makes sense that this is why I would think this is like, I'm like, your hardest lessons are going to be your greatest gifts and what you teach in your business. But I feel like my lessons, like when I look at them, I'm like, these are hard as fuck. What the fuck?
1: Oh my God. Totally. We get hit with very hard life
0: lessons. Yeah. So let's do let's do one last thing for everyone, because I know I have a lot of people in my audience that are either going through their Saturn return, about to go through it, maybe just went through it. So let's talk a little bit about the Saturn return since we're, we already kind of got familiar with Saturn, the energy, it's this daddy energy, lots of discipline, kind of pushes you on your path to learn the lessons you need to learn. What the heck is a Saturn return? Why does everyone fear it? Let's talk about it.
1: Yeah, I'd love to. Um, So Saturn, our Saturn return is technically when transiting Saturn in the sky comes all the way back to where it was when you were born. And so our Saturn return, our first one, it happens about every 29 and a half years. So depending on how long we live, we have multiple Saturn returns. Um, But our first one is our coming of age into adulthood. So it's a lot about just reflecting on the choices that you have made in your life thus far and taking accountability for those choices, taking responsibility for your life and taking responsibility for how you want to show up in the future. How do you want to show up as an adult in this world? How do you want to take up space? Um, And it usually just confronts us with a lot of past issues that we perhaps haven't dealt with yet so that we don't take that with us into our adulthood. We leave that in the past and we move forward with this new um, grown-up energy if we do take in the lessons and transmute them into something like wisdom and knowledge. So does it have to be hard for everyone? Absolutely not. I don't think the Saturn return should be something to fear at all. I'm so grateful for my Saturn return. And I've seen certain people's Saturn returns be like amazing. Like my best friend's Saturn return, for example, she completely changed her life. She broke up with her long-term boyfriend, moved to Italy found fell in love is thriving is just living her best life ever and so I've seen people during their son return just turn their life around for the better mm. it just it's about like taking the initiative, actually taking action towards that, which is
0: a lot of the time the hard part. So what happens if like you don't take action? Like there's a, I mean, there has to be people who they get this really big pull and they want to do all these things, but ultimately they're not strong enough. What happens then? Yeah. So that's a really good
1: question. With Saturn, we have Saturn transits or hard Saturn transits every seven years. So after our Saturn return, which happens around 29 years old, by the time we turn around 35, we get hit with a Saturn square. So anything that didn't confront during our first Saturn return that Saturn square is going to bring it right back up. And it's going to continue bringing it back up every seven years until you fully confront it and, you know, learn the lessons that you need to learn and hopefully grow into a better person, which obviously not everyone does,
0: you know? (laughs) Wow. That's intense. (laughs) So, okay. Tell me this. So thank you so much for the amazing rundown of Saturn. And hopefully this helps everyone understand it better. And if you want to get your chart read, obviously we're going to go to Diana. I'll link all of her things below, but for, I have a question on mine because I feel like I'm very heavily and deeply in mine, but you said it doesn't start till 29, but I'm 28. So do you still feel like I I'm in it or would I be feeling the effects of it or what?
1: Yeah, so basically our Saturn return starts when Saturn, transiting Saturn, enters the sign that it was in when we were born. So it's not exact by degree until we're about 29 years old. So for you, you have Saturn at 19 degrees. And I did write down the dates that it's going to be exact for you, um, which is, let me see. It's going to be exact next year june 7th 2024 through july 22nd it will then go retrograde so you'll get hit with another exact saturn return transit um, in february 15th of 2025 through february 23rd of 2025 so some people do get hit with it multiple times because of retrogrades but as soon as Saturn enters the sign that it was in when you were born, you're in your Saturn return. It's just not exact until it hits the same degree that it was at when you were born. So,
0: is that the first date that you gave me, June 9th? June 7th. Or 7th. Yes. Okay. So, I'm not even in mine yet. And shit's already hard. <laughs> Definitely in it. But it's not exact
1: yet. When Saturn gets closer to the degree that our natal Saturn is in, that's when it start, you start to feel the effects even more, like outside events start to happen to you a little bit more around that time. But I would say as soon as Saturn enters the sign that it's in when you're born, which Saturn has entered Pisces March of this year, so you've been in it since March, Um We are getting a little flavor, a little taste of what's to come.
0: Wow. Those dates actually really check out for when my shit started hitting the fan. So
1: Really? Oh, my God. Yeah. They're difficult, but they don't have to be. It also depends... I won't get into all of this because it's a lot, but it depends like if you have a night chart or a day chart, whether Saturn's going to be harder on it for you or not.
0: So that's another factor to tune into. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even know that it could be a night or a day chart.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's so many technicalities. Um, for me personally, like I have a night chart and Saturn tends to be a little bit harder when you do have a night chart. I am so sorry, but you also do have a night chart.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that was going to be my next question. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) So Saturn may confront you with some pretty tough lessons, um, but I would not fear it at all because it is all for the better. Like we, it's all for our growth and we accumulate so much wisdom and knowledge because of it and Hopefully, you know if we take those lessons with us into our future, can grow into very well evolved
0: and well developed people. So, when people have birth chart readings and they look at their Saturn, can they tell like what the lessons will be about?
1: Absolutely, yeah. So, you want to look to the house that your Saturn is in. So, for example, for you, you have Saturn in the second house, which I also had my Saturn in the second house. So we'll. we have more lessons that we have to go through the second house is the house of finances it's a house of how you make a living for yourself your personal uh possessions your income but it's also the house of your values and your self-worth so there's going to be lessons around uh how you spend your money do you take your money seriously where do you spend your money do you budget if not, like Saturn usually forces you to learn how to budget <laughs> um, and just get a lot more serious about how to make a living for yourself. And it also confronts you with how you value yourself. Mm. Um, do you respect yourself? Do you struggle with self esteem issues? Do you struggle with taking up space and feeling confident about the space that you take up? It's a it's a lot about that when you have Saturn in the second house. You also have Venus, which is the planet of relationships and love, conjunct, which just means in alignment with your Saturn. So lessons around your relationships will also come up for you because it's so close
0: to Saturn. Checks out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and my my audience does know that I went through you know a breakup in the past few months, so um, that checks out. <laughs>
1: it really hard a lot of relationship issues can come up during this time especially if you have venus conjunct your saturn
0: oh man okay cool well that's that's it on saturn folks <laughs> cool well I, i know that you've been kind of giving me a little mini live reading up until this point because i wanted you to showcase how amazing it is when you start diving into astrology and really understanding and even just the stuff that you told me i'm like oh my gosh this makes more sense i feel so seen i feel like everything's you know actually happening on purpose which is beautiful but i want you to show a little bit more of your skills like maybe more of the technical things that um, you can read when you do hire you to read your birth chart so if you want to pick something that is highlighted in my chart and tell me a little bit about it then that would be cool
1: oh sure let me first take a quick little look to see what i want to focus on okay so you know what I want to focus on with you because it is also a transit that's going to happen for you very soon is talking about the North and South Node. Have you ever heard about the North and South Node before?
0: So I think the South Node, you can tell me what what if I'm wrong or right. The South Node is like basically who you've been in past lives or like the, the lessons that you've mastered and maybe like karma and stuff. Okay. And then the North Node is like, The lessons you're mastering, the direction you're going, the soul's purpose is like what you're, yeah, what you're doing in this life, what you're going towards. Yeah, spot on. You got it.
1: Yeah, and they're known as the nodes of destiny. And what's important to know about the nodes? We all have them in our chart, and they're always in sister signs. They're always in opposing signs from one another. Is not. Totally rejecting the south node in pursuit of the north node, but it's actually creating balance between the two in order to create more harmony. And so for you, you have your south node in Taurus and your north node in Scorpio. We currently have um, the north node in Taurus and the south node in Scorpio. So you're in what's known as nodal opposition, which we all go through before we are hit with our exact Saturn return. So basically our nodal opposition, when it occurs, it confronts us with somewhat similar themes of our sign return, but it's more about soul lessons and soul growth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it can confront us with like where we are headed and confront us with certain things that feel like destiny in our lives If that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, it makes sense. (laughs) It brings us lessons on purpose. So it can bring about tension to your identity, to your upbringing, to any sort of generational trauma that you may have inherited as well. It can bring that up, as well as things that have to do with past karma. It can just bring that back up. And it's made to help us come right back onto the path that we are in a sense destined to but you know we all have free will but it's supposed to help us push us on towards the right path um and you have your your south node in Taurus so for you in this lifetime you're learning about releasing a lot that has to do with like materialism for example getting too caught up in um your material possessions or money um being somewhat like possessive of things of other people um, having issues when it comes to control and letting go especially when it comes to South known Taurus people tend to have a really hard time when it comes to moving on and Change in their life. Taurus hates change. Um, So, when it comes to letting go of past experiences, past people, it can be very hard to move forward. But your North Node in Scorpio is wanting you to open up yourself a little bit more to receiving intimacy with others. And that's intimacy of all sorts, like emotional intimacy. As well as, you know, other forms of intimacy, being more vulnerable, allowing other people to help you, especially when it comes to money, like not being afraid to ask for help if you need help. And just allowing yourself to be more open in general um, rather than closed off or uh, possessive or controlling in that sense. But we want to create balance between the two. And so creating balance is like, how can I embrace change um, and still hold like a special place in my heart for past experiences and past people, but not let them completely dictate the decisions that I make in my life you know
0: wow I'm going through a lot of lessons and letting go right now so that really checks out and you know even my family we have this joke they're like everyone's like Kristen hates change she's never done good with change so that's wild
1: yeah change is hard I mean I'm a Taurus so I hate change too it's, <laughs> I like things staying the same when they're good you know like I don't want things to change um but I'm with like learning how to let go is just a lesson that we are continuously learning. <laughs> I hate that.
0: I hate that. It's really
1: hard. It's so hard.
0: <laughs> is it going to stop? Do I can I stop letting go of things or no? <laughs>
1: well, what I got excited for you about is July 17th, I believe, it's mid-July, the North Node is going to enter Aries, which is your sun and Mercury. And when the North Node enters Aries, this is gonna be a big deal for you. Um, because the sun is all about your identity and ego, and the north node is about our destiny. So there's probably going to you're probably going to go through some big changes when it comes to your own sense of self, your identity, how you show up in the world, your mindset is probably going to change quite a lot. Um you're probably going to just come up with a lot of new like passion projects perhaps because Aries is always like coming up with new ideas to work on. Um but I'm excited for you for the north node entering Aries
0: you know this is just too spot on at this point like it's it's uh comical because so something that i'm not sure when this is going to come out how you know much i would have shared this on my instagram but regardless i think it's cool to share it on my podcast Um, in the last five months, I've had like a lot of my intuitive gifts, like start to open up. I've been able to start to channel angels and I've been working with the angelic realm and things like that. But with this big change, my online identity is going to have to change too. And I've always been this one person. And now I'm going to be adding new, which feels like more soul, more of my soul into the business parts that just have come through. Right. Um, so I feel like, and I've just been starting to like, just starting to share just a little bit. So I feel like maybe that's what it's about.
1: <laughs> oh, I love that. Yes. As soon as the North road enters Aries, I just feel like it's going to be like, you'll definitely feel that energy when it, <laughs> your identity online and your, your business and all of that.
0: And I've even been like, start feeling the pull already of like starting to share it and like, it's time. I feel like I'm being forced. And so now it feels like that's very, very accurate.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm excited for you.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much, Diana. You are so gifted and amazing. Like I'm so excited for my entire audience to book um, birth chart readings with you and to learn a little bit more about their soul, understand themselves better, know their path. And I feel like for anyone struggling with like their soul purpose or their identity or like some of the challenges that they're going through, that would be really good for them to uh, look at with you as well. Is that correct?
1: Absolutely. So many people come to astrology just lacking direction or just sole purpose. So astrology really helps with that. And connecting Mm -hmm. with people and letting them allow me to look at their birth chart is seriously like my favorite thing in the world. So thank you so much. Oh,
0: thank you. Well, where can everyone find you? Where can they book sessions with you? Give them all the info and I'll obviously link it below as well, everyone.
1: Thank you. Yes, the easiest place to find me is on Instagram. My handle is at Astro by Diana. And you can either send me a DM through there. If you're not on Instagram, you can send me an email. My email is astrologybydiana at
0: gmail.com. Beautiful. Well, I'll link it below. Thanks again for coming on, Diana. It was so fun having you. And thanks, everyone, for listening. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much.